This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Continuing on the Take Command podcast, time to welcome in today's guest, ESPN NFL Draft Analyst, Matt Miller. Matt, welcome to the show, man. Great to have you. Yeah, it's good to be on with you guys. Unfortunately, it's draft season already for Commanders fans, but uh, good news for people in my line of work, right? You know, that we, uh, it's early early to mid-December, we're getting called up. Uh, I, I'll tell you, when I, I, you know, I was at Bleacher Report for a decade, and it'll always be funny in those editorial meetings every week I'd pop in like to the zoom call and I'd be like, okay, are Browns fans talking about the draft yet? You know, <laughs> so it's like, uh, it's not Browns fans anymore, but it's like, I always knew like, okay, you know, it's like week 10 Browns fans are talking about the draft. It's time to, time to call Matt into the, the lineup. So it's, <laughs> it, it's a good time of year for me. Yeah, no, for sure. It's a good time for year for us because getting you on is, I'm sure, much easier now than it will be in like February <laughs> yeah. and March. So we'll uh, we'll yep. take the exclusivity uh, as everyone else cares about, you know, the playoffs. Um, so Logan <laughs> right? asked me a question to, to start the podcast that I thought was actually very interesting. And I don't know in terms of your background and how you kind of approach what you do on the media side of this, the answer to it. But he asked, you know, hey, does Matt do more scouting or more talent evaluation? Talent evaluation being like, hey, what's on tape? Scouting being all of the other stuff that goes into a player profile. So how do you approach yeah. the job and how does that change from now at the end of college football season until the, the NFL draft? No, that's such a great question. And I, I almost wish there was a, you know, you could have like a resume on social media that says <laughs> like, Hey, here's how I do things. Because that's, that, uh, that really like leads to a bigger jumping off point even of like, how do you do a mock draft? Is it what you would do? Or is it what you think teams will do? And it's, right. so it's just this, like philosophical question that we could spend hours talking about. So to short answer, both. And I, you know, I came up in this industry. I always wanted to be a scout. I wanted to work for a team mm. and scout players, you know, and I think that's why journalism always appealed to me because it's, you're trying to find out the truth about a player. And so that's, I still approach the job the same way of, you know, I'm going to watch every game that I possibly can understanding that they're about 700 players that we have to be aware of, right? I'm not going to lie to you guys and pretend like I've watched 
12 games on Duke's right guard. No, I haven't. You know, but, you know, quarterbacks, especially, you watch every game. And then for everyone else, you prioritize the best you can, understanding that you're a one-person scouting department. So try to watch as much as I can. But, um, you know, I've been in this business 13 years. And so I've seen it change. And one thing that has helped me over those 13 years is that I do now have, you know, connections with different teams, whether it be area scouts, director, player personnel, general managers, you know, college coaches where you can say, Hey, help me narrow this list Mm. down because it's impossible to watch everyone. One of the greatest things that has happened in my career is going to ESPN where there's a system of, if I want to watch every throw Caleb Williams has made in the red zone, I can click a couple buttons and have those ready. You know, before that it was God, how am I going to, how am I going to watch all these guys? So just having access to better technology and, you know, the NCAA is very protective about their game film. So even just having access to that is huge. So I try to do both. Um, you talk to scouts, talk to coaches, find out what's going on behind the scenes so that that can better inform me, you know, based on what I've seen from the players. And then like to Craig's question, like how does that change over the next couple of months really? You know what I'm saying? Because like, yeah. I feel like there's always this, like there's the end of season kind of mock draft formula where you kind of see the same 32 guys. Then all of a sudden, Daniel Jeremiah will put his out. You know, he's pretty dialed in. And I'll, there's five or six names on there. You're like, who the heck are these guys? Because he's been talking and he's been yeah. kind of doing that scouting process. How does that change for you over the next couple of months? Yeah, so I actually just put my first mock draft out this week. And I, I like to think I had some names in there that the general draft fan maybe wasn't com- you know familiar with. Like Tyrion sure. Arnold from Alabama is my number one corner. I try not to absorb a lot of draft content because you i love daniel jeremiah i love mel kyber jr but i don't want their rankings messing like getting in my head so i try not to to look at those things and and just have you know hey here's who i think of the guy so like Tyrion arnold my number one corner enos rakestraw from missouri my number two corner so like that's just based on what i've seen and conversations i've had with scouts uh you're right january when we all get to the senior bowl everything is going to get blown up because you start having more of those in-person conversations. I, I was on the phone with the general manager two nights ago and he was driving to have dinner with all his scouts. You know, he's like, Oh, all our scouts are in. Let me run some names by you because he's an NFL general manager and he's getting caught up because he's got his own to do during the season. Right. And so it's like, it's so much easier to do a deep dive after January 13th because the deadline for underclassmen has passed. So we're not worried mm. about, Shador Sanders and Carson Beck anymore. We okay, they're going back to school. Let me focus on Jaden Daniels and JJ McCarthy. You know, so you're able to cut your list. Um, you're able to see okay, who's going to the Shrine Bowl? Who's going to the Senior Bowl? Uh, peek behind the curtain. I prioritize those guys because yeah. like, okay, if you don't get a, a Shrine invite or a Senior Bowl invite, the chances of you being drafted are really slim. And you know that is one area my job has changed a lot. You know, with the TV side of things, day three of the draft, I'm going to spend so much time studying those players. And so if, if you don't make the Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl combine, like if you don't get an invite to one of those three things, the chance that I'm going to do a deep dive on you is pretty small unless someone vouches for you. Um, so that's another part of it, Logan. Like you start to just cut your list, you know, and, and those events <laughs> yeah. help. So it's not even just – it's like, oh, man, like DJ put out his top 32. Let me go look at that. I mean, it's, you know, it's more of like scouts start talking and you're like, wait, why didn't I have Xavier Watts from Notre Dame hire, you know, like, you know, players like that. So it's, it's more conversations like that happening. Interesting. Yeah, for sure. 
So you mentioned you just put out your first mock. Uh, I'm guessing you did this before Monday Night Football and never expected the Giants to win uh, because they wound uh, <laughs> up in that fourth right. pick in your mock. And then uh, all of a sudden everyone wakes up the next morning. It's like, wait, they won. They should be fifth, um, which I only yeah. bring up not to be like, hey, what happened uh, there? But because I think it becomes a very interesting question if Jaden Daniels, who for you is quarterback three, is available at four for Washington, which based off that Monday yeah. night result is where they would pick. So when you when you look at what Sam Howell has been as a pro so far, and if you're that GM making the decision, whoever that will ultimately be for Washington, assuming they have massive changes that we all expect, like mm-hmm. how many quarterbacks would you be considering and really wanting to look at as this guy could be better than what I think Sam Howell can be better than, which is kind of asking you two questions. And one, your top quarterbacks, and also what you think of Sam. I was Sam. about to say, man, yeah. that's not a fair question because, you know, he's doing his draft <laughs> stuff, and now you're like, I got to do the eval right. on Sam Howell too. So, yeah, no, that's mock drafts it, suck, though, by the way. So good for you. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so I love mock drafts, though. That's my favorite part of the job, honestly. Seriously? Do, you're a psycho. Yeah, I love, I love <laughs> doing those. Um, so, Craig, you, you know, I was not the biggest Sam Howell guy. I had a third-round yeah. grade on him. Commanders fans got pissed because someone found like my eval of like my comp for him coming out of college was Colt McCoy, which to me was a compliment. Colt was a damn good college quarterback. He just had a shoulder injury that ruined his arm, but he played in the NFL for like 14 years. So it wasn't the knock that people wanted it to be. Um, so I was not, uh, you know, I had a third round grade on Sam Howell. I think he's, he's played above my expectations this year to the point that you have to do that linear evaluation. Okay, Caleb Williams, let's evaluate Sam Howell versus where we think Caleb can be. Also with the understanding Sam's two years into a four-year deal. So you have to think right. about, we're going to have to pay this guy if he's the guy. Um, same with Drake May, same with Jaden Daniels, same with JJ McCarthy. Um, my, my philosophy this year, whether they're in the fourth, fifth slot, somewhere right there is, if it's not Caleb Williams, you build around Sam Howell. Like Caleb's the only guy that I would say, Let's see what we can get for Sam Howell. Let's call New England. Let's call Atlanta. Let's see, you know, what what kind of draft capital can we get? And, you know, I, I think the other thing that you have to do, um, so I would start end of the year, you got a new general manager, new head coach. The first thing I'm doing is calling Ryan Poles, the general manager in Chicago, and saying, How do you believe in Justin Fields? You know, do you, is Justin Fields in three first round picks? Do you believe in that more than you believe in Caleb Williams? Uh, because if so, we'll give you the we'll give you the Bryce Young package. We'll come up no to kidding. one and draft Caleb Williams. I think like why not call him? He traded out of it last year. Why not call yeah. and say, Hey, Justin Fields has looked pretty good since that thumb injury. Uh, what if we give you So you know, just real you quick, you like Fields more than Howell? Like by uh, that much. No, not by that. No, what I'm saying is, like, if you're Chicago, can you talk Chicago into keeping Justin Fields with three more right, dra- with you the giving trade. the draft yeah. picks? Um, I like Justin as a runner more than Sam Howell. I think Howell has been better as a passer, and so it's just like it goes to that. Like, how do you want to build your team? You know, and I, I think mm-hmm. for Chicago and Washington, those are huge questions. So, um, you know, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't kick Sam Howell to the curb for Drake May. I, I just wouldn't. Uh, same. Same for. I love Jaden Daniels. I'm a huge Jaden Daniels fan. Um, that conversation might be a little more interesting because I, I think you know Drake's 20 years old. Uh, JJ McCarthy's 21 years old. These guys, I don't know that they're ready to step in and be CJ Stroud. You know, so there's going to be a developmental period where it, it does go to the. Would we rather have Marvin Harrison Jr. with Sam Howell? Would we rather have Olu Fashanu or Joe Alt with Sam Howell? How much better can Sam look? And you know, that's really one of those things, like, unless you're in that building, seeing his work ethic and practice habits and film study, like, it would be disingenuous for me to sit here having watched, you know, 12 Commanders games and say, 
no, like Sam Howell's not the guy or yeah, Sam Howell's the guy because I think so much of it is going to be what's happening behind closed doors that can make you believe he can continue to get better. Yeah. And so one of the things you said there that I thought was interesting, it's like, if you were to tier, let's say your top 15 guys, like who's tier one? Cause I, you know, everyone does these linear drafts and it makes sense. Like it's yeah. a linear big board, but like, I don't think of the draft that way. Cause it's like, you know, who are the best players? Are they in the same tier? And yeah. like you kind of said something there about the quarterbacks, which I thought was interesting. Like there was one guy that's kind of head and shoulders above everybody else. How does that, how, how do those other quarterbacks shake out in comparison, like a Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. or the edge rusher from UCLA or, you know, one yeah. of these top tier tackles, right? So can you kind of give us some insight on that? Yeah, I think there's a clear top tier this year. I would say that's Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Olu Fashanu. Like I feel comfortable Ooh, saying those really? guys are in a group by themselves yeah like they're in most drafts they would be the number one overall player you know it's like they're that good um even like if caleb williams had been in the draft last year he would have gone first overall mm. uh, and that's you know we could say what we want about did the panthers make the right call with with bryce young he, he would have gone first overall i think in you know the quarterback show is going to get inflated most drafts olufashana would be a number one overall player Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. would be a number one overall player, even if they're not the first pick because they understand quarterbacks go first, but they would be the top ranked player. I think after that, there's a drop off. You know, after that, you get into Drake May, quarterback, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. You get into Joe Alt, the left tackle from Notre Dame. Um, I think that's where you see uh, Leatu Latu, the DN from from, uh, UCLA that you mentioned. Medicals are going to be huge for him um, Mm -hmm. to where we could be talking about a top 10 pick or we could be talking about a second round pick with him. Uh, Dallas Turner from Alabama, pass rusher, is, is right in that group as well, I would say. Uh, Brock Bowers, the tight end from Georgia. Um, you got three wide receivers I would put in there. Keon Coleman, Florida State, Malik Neighbors, LSU, and Roma Dunze from Washington. And then after that, you, you, you get to another tier after that. So, yeah. you know, like guys that I will have a true first-round grade on, it's probably like 11 or 12 this year. I think in a, in a quote-unquote normal year, you're probably going to have 15, 16. So uh, in terms of like true blue chip talent, and I, I should have mentioned, I would put Jaden Daniels right in that group too, probably at the tail end of it. Uh, true first round grades. Those are, those are the guys I would put in there. In that tier two group you're saying with Jaden Daniels. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a Jaden Daniels fan guys. I don't, yeah. It's interesting. I, yeah. Like, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens with the, uh, with whomever gets hired there and, and who the, what the office looks like. But no player improved more in college football this year than Jaden Daniels. And I, right. I love to see that from quarterbacks. Like, you know, 2022, he was good, but he, he wasn't this. And you see the work <laughs> he put in, and then you're like, damn, that dude took off. And it's not like artificial. You know, it's, it's yeah. he got better at, at certain skill sets that are obvious to see on film. And that's that's where you get pretty excited. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So let me ask you that kind of follow up to go deeper on that though, because I feel like sometimes that's a little scary is like what actually happens is a guy figures out college football and it's like, Oh, is he ever going to be able to make the next step and figure out the NFL? Um, So how do you try to differentiate a guy who figured out college football versus a guy that made a huge significant leap like Jaden Daniels did that can carry that kind of improvement into the league? 
what helps is when you play in the SEC West. <laughs> so, so if you're at LSU, like, come on, you're not, you know, you're not playing. It's not at Colorado, you know, like you're playing the best of the best in the SEC week in and week out. And, and you know, we, we were talking about corners earlier, you know, Tyrion Arnold, Enos Rakestraw, Kool-Aid McKinstry, uh, Kamari Lassiter. There are just four corners right there from the SEC. They're going to be first round picks. So like not, you're seeing the best talent. And so I, I think with, you always have that worry. Hey, this guy's 22. He's playing as 19 year olds. Did it just click for him because he's physically in his, at his peak or is it because he's been in college for four years and it clicked? Those are all questions that you, you have to answer. And I think what helps me with Jaden Daniels specifically is I've talked to coaches at LSU that say, no, what clicked was the work ethic. He started mm-hmm. to understand what he had to do to be great. And he was, he was in here every day working his ass off. He, you know, gained like 15 pounds of muscle because he knew he, he needed to get better there. Um, I can watch his 2022 tape and see him dropping his eyes and running around like crazy when he gets pressured. I watched him in 2023, eyes are downfield. He gets pressured. He understands he has numbers and he's layering it over the top to, to two really good receivers and Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr. I was so about to say, man, he's got, some good, he's got some good receivers he's got too. Some dudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always say like, so did Joe Burrow. you know it's like and uh i think last year someone asked Hendon hooker about that and he said it's not my fault my receivers get open you know and he's right (laughs) it's not you know it's like you would be dumb not to throw it on because they're open so do you hit him in timing uh, and and, you know do you hit him accurately yeah and i think that's where like i i love the analytics side of things that helps me do my job but Mm. there's there's no substitute to turning on the tape and seeing man, I'm watching this guy make plays with his eyes and arm in the pocket that he never made before. And that's where like, I get excited about his development. Yeah, so you said something interesting earlier when you were talking about uh, Caleb Williams and how you would potentially trade up for him. If one of those three guys that you mentioned aren't there when Washington, I guess, is picking at four, is that right, Craig? Four? Yeah, with where we are right now, they're picking fourth. Uh, obviously, four games to go. And obviously, you know how quarterbacks tend to go, and you seem very high on Sam Howell. Like, would you trade back out of that fourth pick if you make the decision to stay with Sam? And it does seem like that second tier is pretty meaty with some good football players it in it, and you can get back out of there and and still get a good football player. I think trading back is certainly on the table, and it. I'm not trying to like hedge here at all. It really depends on what happens at two three. So let's say just for fun, Chicago takes Caleb Williams, New England takes Drake May. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals take Marvin Harrison Jr. You're sitting at four with Olu Fashano on the board. Take you him. just take him. Take He's him, the first tier, right? man. You got to take him. Exactly. Yeah. Top tier. And I lo- I like Joe Alt as well, but the difference between those guys is significant enough for me that you don't risk it. You don't risk, hey, what if we move back? Especially where you have a division rival, the New York Giants sitting at five. Don't help them. Like, Don't give them potentially a good player. Um, so I, I, you, in that scenario, you take Fashano and you feel great about it. And then Round two, you're like, hey, let's get some receivers in round two. And I, yeah. this is a fun study. And you guys, if you get some downtime, do this. Look at the best left tackles in the NFL. Most of them were first round picks. Right. Now, you want to look at the best wide receivers in the NFL? We get, <laughs> you got a laundry list of guys round two, round three. So, you know, you could you find, you know, an AJ Brown type talent, the top, top round two, or Debo Samuel? Hell yeah, happens every year. So, especially um, if you this can get year, too, right? right. It, I mean, I had eight wide receivers go in the, my round one mock draft. That would be a record. And there were like two or three more guys I probably could have fit in there. So, right. the, the wide receiver class is so deep. And I know fans, but you know, Washington fans, you guys have a lot of needs. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's just where you're at. You're, you're drafting four. You obviously have some needs, but you can stack the board pretty well this year, I think. If you go tackle round one, 
whether it's edge rusher or wide receiver in round two, like there's, there's good depth there. Well, that's kind of what I wanted to ask next is you actually have what I would consider potentially a small number of quarterbacks, only four, I think going or three, four, yeah, four going four. in your yeah. uh, first round, all of whom are going in the top 10 is you've got JJ McCarthy from Michigan going very high. Um, but Bo Nix is going to be in the mix. Michael Penix from Washington is going to be in the mix. There might be a couple of others um, by the time the process is over. And then you have Washington sitting at the top of the second round with their pick and the Bears pick. Who are some of the guys that, that like, uh, how would you grade, like, the position Washington is in with those two picks at the top of the second round? Because um, you said there's maybe not as many guys with the first-round grade this year, but is that yeah. next second tier deep enough at the right positions that it could be extremely beneficial to Washington. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I'll go back to this is a great class for wide receivers. It's a great class for offensive tackles. So, and especially, you know, the right tackle position, I know Andrew Wiley's there. Um, you know, the, the jury I think is out on the job that he's done this year, but um, the, the draft is deep enough at those positions that you, you could be pretty excited. Um, corner is going to be deep in round two. I know, you know, last year getting Forbes in the first round, um, we're probably going to, we're definitely going to see a new defensive system in there. So, uh, that will be interesting to see, you know, how well Forbes fits with, with whatever comes in. But I think at those, you know, what you would consider premium positions, there is that good depth. So top around two, you know, probably not a quarterback is the one thing I'm going to say, because I do think those four guys are going to go fairly early. Um, Bo Nix might even go late first round. I think we could see a team try to jump back up. If, if you like Bo Nix, the guy started 60 games in college. So anything you want to see, you can see it on tape. You know, uh, SEC, Pac-12, he, he played a both. Um, <laughs> really good at attacking outside the hashes. You know, really good intermediate timing. He's athletic. I could, I could see him having a strong enough pre-draft process that someone late first round tries to get back in, uh, you know, and to make him the guy. Um, it just especially because... I think last time I counted, there were like 12 teams that could make a change at quarterback. And we're talking about four going in the first round. So Bo Nix and Michael Penix become pretty valuable in that scenario, especially where the free agent quarterbacks this year, Kirk Cousins, Brian Tannehill. Like, I don't, I don't know that anybody's beaten down any doors to sign those guys, uh, especially with Kirk coming off an injury. So uh, it, it does get pretty interesting on how are you going to fill all those quarterback needs with, uh, you know, again, another long conversation. NIL has changed quarterback in the draft you know it, the days of guys you know okay hey, it's been four years i'll enter the draft uh that's gone you know i mean we got tyler show going seven seven years in college at this point and so that middle market of quarterbacks is, is you know cam ward washington state is, is transferring he would be a guy that would normally be in the draft and you would say hey, that's a good mid-round quarterback um now those guys aren't aren't jumping in and so it feels like we're going to get to this point where there's going to be round one quarterbacks and then there's going to be late day three quarterbacks and there might not be a whole lot in the middle. Yeah, and we've talked a lot about the offensive side of the ball here. In terms of defensive like blue chippers, are there any? And do you think that like kind of, you know, one of the positions that was really kind of rich last year was that edge rusher in that second early second round? Are there going to be guys there that can play some football? Yeah, so it's a, it's a, a light class defensively especially in terms of blue chippers i would say turner at alabama and latu at, at ucla have a have the right. potential to be there again a lot medicals are going to be a huge part of that evaluation I, I think particularly the edge rusher spot is interesting this year because you're going to have guys who are there early round two they're going to be values it's just a matter of whether they can be a scheme fit like chop robinson at penn state is fascinating to me because his production was through the roof i think his pass rush win rate was like 20 percent 
but mm. he's listed at 255 pounds. And I don't believe that for a second. I think he's <laughs> 240, 245 is what he looks like on the field. Um, so, you know, that's just going to be a question of, Hey, this guy's, he's undersized, however you want to slice it. Um, even if he puts on some weight throughout the process. So you're going to have guys like that, you know, who are available potentially top around two. It's just, do you like the scheme fit? Uh, on the opposite end, Chris Braswell from Alabama, you know, he's been overshadowed by Will Anderson Jr., overshadowed by Dallas Turner. He's just a really good player, you know, plays with power, sets the edge well, uh, has, you know, that first step burst. He's probably going to be available uh, early round two, especially if you're running a defense where a guy has, you know, really almost exclusively stood up in college. Um, mm. That could be something that's a really good fit, depending on what kind of scheme you're running. So, uh, I do think there there will be a conversation, maybe three to four guys uh, at the edge position that are available. Um, it's a very weak defensive tackle class, which I know you guys are, you know, you've got two very, very good defensive tackles in there. Um, but it's weak at safety uh, and, and off ball linebacker. It doesn't look like it's going to be super loaded this year either. Uh, last thing for you, Matt, uh, and I can't believe I'm the one asking about this position, but when you talk about building around how a tight end would be quite nice. Uh, so how's the <laughs> yeah. tight end class look? Brock Bowers is a stud. Um, that's easy. That's the easiest evaluation. Maybe that's, in this wow, that's draft. great insight. He's, he's yeah, kind of he's, a, yeah, an interesting go, one though, because right? he's a little undersized, right? Like he's, he's not your six, seven body type. Here. Stop. Stop. We're just trying Stop. to paint a picture. <laughs> I'm trying to paint a picture <laughs> yeah. for the audience that when you think about stud yeah. tight end, you think about like the six, seven, you know, kind of Rob Gronkowski right? body type. Yeah. Travis yeah. Kelsey. Yeah. yeah. He's different. Even if he's still awesome. different. 6'4", 245. I, I think he's very similar to George Kittle. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, Kittle, look at you, yeah. Matt. I knew we'd get along and, so well. <laughs> right. And it, honestly, it's a similar play style uh, of that, like, rough tumble, I'm going to run over you. It's not the, like, pretty boy Kyle Pitts, like, split me out, I'll run vertical. It's like, no, I'm going to run through you if you get in front of me. Um, he's, you know, great effort as a blocker, very, very strong. So he's going to go early. Uh, I'm obsessed with Jatavian Sanders in Texas. I don't know if he's going to declare for the draft yet, but I think he's a top 40 player if he comes out. He's more of your you know, motion guy, flex tight end, really, really good up the seam. He is a good downfield blocker. He's not an inline guy. That's just not his game. Um, mm. But it, it is. It's a weak tight end class, which is understandable because last year was maybe the greatest tight end class of all time. And we're seeing those early benefits, you know, Sam Laporta, Trey McBride, like so many of those dudes are just blowing up already. Kate Otten is having a, a quietly really good year in Tampa. So um, as much as there are teams, you know, I live south of Kansas City and I'm like banging the table like guys should have drafted a tight end last year and they didn't. And now it's like, you know, Kelsey's getting triple teamed and because you don't have any wide receivers, it'd be great to have a tight end in the wings for your 35 year old, you know, who's now right. dating the most famous person on the planet. Uh, this is not the year to, to try to find that starter level tight end. If you're not drafting in the top 35. We'll see how many, how many times the commanders are drafting in the top 35. Uh, that's still in play. So we'll, right. see, we'll see. Uh, you might be Matt okay. Miller. You yeah. can, yeah, Matt Miller, <laughs> you can read his work. ESPN.com. The mock draft out and now the first one uh many more to come and matt hopefully this is the first of at least a couple conversations that we'll have between now and april yeah let's do it uh senior bowl is a month away a month and some change away so a uh, lot to talk about guys that uh, always lot yeah, to talk no about. doubt about Absolutely. it all right thanks matt and thanks everybody for listening to take him in